Hello, and once again, welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. These musings are those of open-minded mid-40s curmudgeons, two of them, in fact, who are staring down the prospect of entertainment relevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of America Caesar Enterprises, which this week uh, is a cheesecake photo studio in Queens, New York, which shoots boudoir pictures for ugly people trying to rekindle their moribund marriages in the year 1982. <laughs> And I am joined, as always, by the cat. <laughs> that was a very elaborate one, Bill. My hat's off to you. Thank you. How Thank long you. did you spend working on that? Oh, you know what? I didn't. You know what? I thought of um, the photographer who shot Betty Page was in Queens. Uh, really? That was, was she from New York? No, she was Tennessee. But I think it was uh, her name was oh. Bunny Yeager was the uh, studio, and and she worked out of Queens. And actually, uh, my friends, my friend Duke, who's an older guy, you've met him. His yes. wife. Her father was a portraitist who actually had painted Betty Page because she was making her painted own. Betty Page. She wow. was available before her sort of fame. She was, you know, she was a nude model, you know, in 1950s Queens and New York, New York and other places. And so that just happened to be one of the things. So I it put it together. It all sort of made sense. OK, you see all my right. train my train of thought here. I absolutely. I just uh, I, I Wikipedia Betty Page. Yeah, I wasn't aware if she was dead yet. She, she uh, died. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen years ago, yeah, she's been, she's been dead she was for a born minute. on Shakespeare's birthday. Yes, Ten- Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Uh, she converted to evangelical Christianity and worked for Billy Graham. Oh boy. She was notoriously camera shy. I mean, you know, there was um, the, the movie. The movie was really good about her, and I think there was a bunch of documentaries about her too. But she, you know, she was a very withdrawn person. Especially, I think she tried to play down all the sex stuff by the time the nineteen eighties right. rolled around, and she just never appeared on camera again. Right. I remember reading at some point that like she was lost, like people didn't know where she was, yeah. what had happened to her. They didn't know if she was alive or dead. Uh, but I guess they later found her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing was wrong with her. She just vanished. She just was like she just let go of any, you know, like, everything she did. She you know, there was no plan to it. You know, like we revered the images and whatnot of, you know, and she was not quite a Jane Mansfield type. She was just a. A, you know, an artist's muse. She was a cheesecake, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But then mm-hmm. again, I think after a certain point, she just tended to regret because that stuff wasn't very Christian from where she came from. That's why she played yeah. it down. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, uh, why don't we talk about who I am? Yeah, it's about, uh, it's about yeah, time. How about that? Me. Yes, my name is Noah Tarno. I am Bill's co-host. How appropriate is that? I am the founder and the senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing. The Trivia Game Show Spectacular. I'm talking to you from San Francisco, California. Bill is all the way in Amsterdam, Holland, the Netherlands. Khartoum, Sudan. You're, you know, you're not in Khartoum, Sudan. <laughs> is, is, here's my question. No, I don't have a question. I just wonder, like, does here's anyone go to, like, Khartoum a vac- is Khartoum a vacation spot? Like, uh, uh, That's a good question. I, no, I would there you- be any reason for me to go to Khartoum? Well, maybe if you're looking to overthrow the government or somehow maybe work a, a cobalt deal, a, a, like a mining operation cobalt. somewhere in the desert okay. of Sudan, possibly. I was, re- oh. you, I put Khartoum into Wikipedia. The first two choices are Khartoum or Khartoum Massacre. Okay. Yeah, and then you get Khartoum Massacre Investigation. Okay. I think the Khartoum Massacre was in the uh, early part of the century, wasn't it? Wasn't that Chinese Gordon, the British general? was? Ne- uh, ne- never heard of it. Yeah. I saw Khartoum Massacre 
play uh they opened for Guar oh yeah yeah back in 1989 at Roseland Ballroom yeah they were great at Roseland yeah <laughs> I think Guar ever played Roseland that was a cool I saw a lot of good bands there we are all over the place yeah. here folks yeah, yeah yeah let's rein it in Bill let's rein all right. it in I'm gonna give my best my, my first best effort okay so uh right. this is a podcast again we talk about pop culture material we talk about hot, buzzy things. We, we bat around ideas to say what's going to win each week in the, in, in the Noah and Bill sweepstakes. Well, everybody, it's a film this week. It's a feature film. Uh, that's you know We try not to cover a lot of these things because, you know, everything's a feature film. And it would run the table. All we did was talk about Minions 2 every week. It would get boring if we didn't talk about other media. Anyway, so this was a, a strange case. This was um, a feature film that was smaller. It comes on a streaming service. It was released on June 17, I believe. It's also in theaters. Oh, it is in theaters? Yeah. I mean, some release. It's definitely out there. Okay. Well, ap- uh, ap- yeah, Apple bought it. It's been on Apple. Who Street. knows anymore? Yeah, Everything's really, it really everywhere. Yeah. So we are talking about a, a film called Cha-Cha Real Smooth, which is the second feature by actor-director Cooper Rafe, a mere 25-year-old native Texan. Ugh. I know. Uh, we'll get to that. Educated Ugh. at Occidental College in Los Angeles until he dropped out to focus on filmmaking. Do you know who else uh, didn't drop out? Who else uh, did one year at Occidental College before transferring? No. Who? Famous person. This is the only other Barack, student? Barack Obama. Ah. Barack Obama did his freshman year at Occidental and then transferred to Columbia. Back when he was Barry Satoro? Uh, I think he was Barry Obama. Barry Obama, right. Uh, Cooper Rafe made a 50-minute short called Madeline and Cooper. Um, as sort of a proof of concept. That's He was bursting with creative energy. And he positioned, he positioned, he petitioned the estimable filmmaker, producer, uh, impresario Jay Duplass of the Duplass Brothers um, for help in expanding that into a feature. So Duplass uh, heard the plea, uh, was interested, picked, piqued by something in Cooper Rafe's uh, jib, kind of liked what the kid was offering, and decided to mentor him. And he got the film made, uh, expanded to a 2020 release called Shithouse. Which is, uh, you know, I don't know, a good title. I haven't watched this movie because, uh, but I have it. I have it. I was, it was sort of a, it, I was in, in, intrigued to get it. Maybe I'll watch it at some point just because of the name. Uh, anyway, so that movie, Shithouse, kind of announced the young talent's uh, arrival into the market. There was some buzz behind his name, and really the heat came with the follow up, Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was shot in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania during the lockdown and uh, made its debut at the marketplace of Sundance Film Festival in 2022. Where it won an audience award. Uh, so the thing is, while it was in this um, marketplace in Sundance, Apple snapped it up because a- Apple has been looking for, you know, just essentially coal to, to dig its shovel into to stoke the, the fires of their streaming service. They're just trying to buy shit to stuff into a hole. All these services were. I mean, Netflix is getting its hand uh, smacked lately for all the, you know, the fact that it's gotten into debt doing this very thing. But Apple still has all this money to try to just fill hours and hours of useless content. So uh, Apple wants to buy this thing for its streaming services. They bought it for the tune of $15 million, which is an incredible sale for a young child. Uh, not since Ryan's world has such a young person made millions of dollars <laughs> as a topic of this show, by the way. That, that, sadly, that's not true. I know. Sadly, there have been others. Pro- Emma Chamberlain, probably. Uh, so it debuted uh, June 17th, as I said, to pretty favorable views. With, you know, to, certainly there's been some mixed, uh, you know, some mixed uh, drawbacks and whatnot. Uh well we're gonna I'm gonna quote someone who did not give it a good review. I think I think I read that same review too. Yeah, the yeah. movie the movie's about us, uh, but you know the logline of the movie, which of course I should give you guys, is the is about an aimless post collegiate man boy child guy thing, 
in the suburbs looking for meaning, uh, which he finds in an older woman uh, he, that he becomes infatuated with. Um, of course, it zips and, zips, zips and zigs and zags into other uh, territories. Right. And, and we should say the young man is played by Cooper Ray. Oh, yes, yes. He's, he's, he, he stars in his own movie, and the woman is played by Dakota Johnson, yeah. the, the scion of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Yeah, so yeah, uh, the, the cast, it's a cast. Well, I had never seen it in anything before. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this thing, the cast actually yeah. has some A-listers. you got Leslie Mann and Brad Garrett playing Leslie mom and Mann, stepfather. Leslie Mann, who I love. I'm a big Leslie Mann fan. Uh, there is a new actress here. Um, you know, in the world of people, actually, you're getting actors with a certain, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, when they're part of a... Um, uh, What's 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 the proper term we're using today to describe somebody who's on the spectrum or someone who has a neurodivergent? But what if what if for instance they have a polio or they have cerebral palsy and they're playing themselves? There's I a mean, terminology. They're just they're, dis, they're they're disabled people playing. We call disabled them disabled. Is that that's, I just want to make sure. I, I've I've lost. That's track, what I'm saying. I lost it. I think this yes. There's a character Dakota Johnson's daughter is autistic and the actress and she's is. played by an actress who has some level of autism or something. I think it's similar to the, to RJ Mitty yeah, on kind of uh, Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad yeah. who like he plays a character with, what does he have? Cerebral palsy. Yeah, yeah, palsy. Yeah. And the character has it, you know, not extremely, but anyway, the, the thing is the actor has it less than the character. You right. know what I but mean? But still, so it's, you know, I think that's we're not in a coda. Yeah. But, but has it, but has That it. movie Coda, the children of deaf adults, you know, those actors yeah. were all, they were all um, deaf actors as well. Like we're, we're now in the place where you're not hiring actors to do handicapped face or gay face or Asian face. You know, like you're actually, you can get, <laughs> gay face. you know what I'm saying? You can get actors to play these things without having to jump the rail a little yeah. bit. Like that's yeah, kind yeah. of, you'd be there. People would be a lot more responsible yes, about this. We're, we're, we're far past Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, which is probably one of those movies that doesn't age very well just because of that feature. I don't know. I watched Rain Man again recently. I liked it. Yeah. Quite a bit, uh, yes. And as Noah said, uh, Dakota Johnson, who was, um, I don't know if we discussed her. She, of course, is a, no. she's a Nepo baby two times Nepo. over because oh, that's right. her grandmother was famous. Her mom was famous. Her dad is famous. She definitely, uh, she just said, hey, I like this job too. And she got it. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about Dakota Johnson uh, as a thing. But Noah, uh, I think you should surprise everybody with your, with your shocking <laughs> uh, takeaway from this movie. Okay. So I started watching this movie knowing very well. I'll get to that. So I started watching this movie, went in with an open mind. At first, I kind of liked it. I thought it was charming, and I started getting sucked into the milieu. By the way, it is explicitly set in the suburb. It, you see a lot at bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs in the suburbs of New Jersey. They mentioned the town Livingston. And uh, on bar mitzvah age, I was living near Livingston. I went to quite a few bar and bat mitzvahs in that area, so I was intrigued by that. Uh, yet another way it is... Braffian, as you mentioned before, the mics are on, Bill. Yes, yes. Uh, because, you know, Garden State set in the same area. Um, so at first I was very much charmed by it. There's a scene where, uh, basically the first scene where uh, the woman and the man connect, you know, Dakota Johnson's woman who's 10 years older than Cooper Rafe's main character, Andrew, where they connect where she is having a bit of a crisis in the bathroom and he kind of comes to her rescue. And it's... It's, you know, I mean, some people would say it's gross. It's definitely uncomfortable. And I remember going, wow, I really like this scene because it, it showed me it was a likable guy 
trying to help out in a relatable but uncomfortable it was, situation. It was a gritty I, scene. I think it was a gritty scene. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that has some realism to it. And then even after that, uh, he's kind of fascinated by her, so he Googles her, and when he can't find much about her, he uh, he calls up, it's kind of an interesting moment, he calls up an old friend, female friend, and he says, hey, what are you doing tonight? And it cuts to the two of them having sex. Um, so that seemed relatable, like you're fascinated by a woman, but you can't pin her down, so you pin down a woman you know you can't. You know, your number backup two, plan. your second option. Right. Uh, but that was about 30 minutes in, and right after that, I it kind of lost me. Uh, first of all, there a couple cliche moments kind of there was a scene of people slow-mo walking that kind of said all right i've seen these things before um so i started thinking is this it this movie was not about what i thought it would be about i thought it was about a young guy who becomes a bar mitzvah entertainer madcap shenanigans ensue plus you get leslie mann and me, as a guy who was once young and who is male and who occasionally, as part of my job, entertains at bar bat mitzvahs, and I have more than a few wacky stories from said career, I was intrigued and I wanted to see this movie. But no, the bar mitzvah thing is just window dressing. It barely figures into the plot. This movie is just some slightly comedic, hard-on-the-sleeve stories of a mixed-up young white guy navigating the world of blah, 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 blah. The mitzvah thing was completely incidental to the plot, uh, cliche-written, and as charming as I found Cooper Rafe at first, the charm dissolves very quickly, and toward the end of the movie, I was labeling his face as of the punchable variety. (laughs) Cooper Rafe has a lot of talent, a lot of get-up-and-go, as they say. But as an actor, he absolutely could not carry this movie. He is the Jimmy Fallon of romantic comedy leading men. He comes across as the most charming guy at high school, but not ready for big time. I mean, look, I found the movie reasonably entertaining. I didn't have trouble getting through it, but I've seen this a billion times before. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing special about Andrew, the guy Rafe plays. There's nothing special about the woman... Dakota Johnson plays. I found that character to be completely shallow and basically a male fantasy. Um, I'm supposed to care about these people, but I don't. I felt like this was a case of show, don't tell. They were telling me to care without making me care. And um, I'm going to quote the review I talked about, New York Times, Manola Dargis. And this quote kind of went viral. So here's what she says. It's derivative and unpersuasive and as pandering as any big studio soft sell. It's filled with stylistic cliches, hovering camera work, mewling songs, cardboard characters, silly dialogue, and absurd narrative contrivances. Starting with Domino, Dakota Johnson's character, a trite male fantasy who's only a vessel for Andrew's narcissism. I didn't believe a single second in Cha-Cha Real Smooth, but the movie isn't trying to convince you of anything. It just wants you to like it. And while I wouldn't be as harsh, so, end quote, while I wouldn't be as harsh as Manola Dargis, I think she really gets at it. And worst of all, in the in the actual bits of him being a mitzvah host, he's bad at the job. He's not good at the job. 
I mean, he gets a party started, but he's drunk, and he get, we see him host three mitzvahs, and two of them he gets yelled at by the client and kicked out. And I'm telling you, man, as a professional entertainer, that is not acceptable is, to is me. Hosting, you suck if you Is hosting that. a bar mitzvah a, a job? Because I'll, I'll be fair. I'll be honest with you. I've only ever been to one bar mitzvah. Uh, and yeah. That was back in Absolutely. 1987. Absolutely. You're a party entertainer. Yes, of course. Okay, I, I don't know. I mean, usually it's combined with DJ. But, I mean, what I do is I'm extra entertainment. I'm not the DJ. I usually, you know, when I'm brought in, I work with the DJ. I usually have a discreet segment. I do a quiz show. But, yes, the party starter, the guy who does games with the kids, gives out prizes. There are companies that do that. That's a job. You know That's what, man? absolutely a job. I can't imagine. And he sucks at it. When I was, a, when I was a kid, I can't imagine. You know, we, we didn't have shit for anything like that when we were kids. I can't imagine a party costing that much. Just for no. when you turned thirteen years old, that would have been like well, welcome to welcome to welcome to East Coast Jews, my friend. I know. I, West Coast Jews. We did. We were too blue collar. We didn't have any of that shit I on know, Long Island. I know, but, huh. I know. Anyway, but you had some. What you had some Jews in your town, right? Not really. really? The, the the Jews were close to uh, the Jews. I say we had a large high school, and yeah, we did have Jews, of course. Uh, but you know, we were. Pre- but they weren't rich. You had no. Them. They were. I think they were relatively upper upper middle they were class. They were the richies. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. Because we kept our kids in school. But I wasn't invited. To, the point is I wasn't invited to the market. Yeah, you weren't that's invited. A, yeah, because yeah, you're an anti-Semite. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, thumbs down. Uh, you know, it's funny. I I can't argue with your description of it. The thing is, your mileage may vary. I like this movie quite a bit. Uh, and, oh, and come on, Bill. I went into it expecting to hate it on a couple of points because um, you have the sort of wonder-canned festival sensation guy uh, you know, who picks up a big paycheck before he's really proven. And, you know, look, one of the things that... I, Manola Dar just didn't say this, but I think it was another... Um, I sent you a review from this thing called Defector. Yes. Where the woman went through... She, she painstakingly laid out the forensic case for this guy. And she said very pertinent things, which is that uh, Con- Cooper... I keep wanting to call it Connor. What's the difference? Connor, Cooper. Cooper, Connor. Well be, I, I, does yeah. it matter now? Collier. Collier. I met a guy named Collier once. Co- Cooper, yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, there's certain aspects of entertainment he availed himself of to get a career. He was able to find a mentor who's incredibly successful. He was able to make a 50-minute short. Uh, he looks like the kind of guy who excels in show business, the kind of guy who fe- feature <laughs> films. The door just sort of opens. Not unlike that Saturday Night Live sketch, what is it, White Like Me, where the guy gets, oh, yes. he goes to the bank. Just take it. Just take just it. Take Pay it. it back or don't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little bit like that. And if, if those who don't know, it's a famous sketch. Watch if you don't. When Eddie Murphy was on the show, he did a bit where they dressed him up in white face, white makeup to make him look like a white guy. I still think he looked mixed race, but he dressed. And the joke was he was he was talking like this. And everywhere he went, people were giving him things for free. Or like when black people aren't around, there are parties yeah, on the sh- bus. Champagne it's, comes out. Yeah, it's very funny. It's yeah, hilarious. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, you know, like th- 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 his skin color, his sort of regular slim white guy, and, and you know, middle American thing. That's what he. That's what he is, and and it's like yeah, I can't blame him for the fact that the business just cleaves and hues to a guy like that. It's rather unfortunate, but that's it's the truth. Um, I saw a lot of upside in this. You know, I, I grant I haven't watched Shit House, but I really liked his impulse. And the thing is, is that I think. The difference between how you took it and how I took it was that it right. It was not about the, the bar mitzvah thing. Was was background, um, and you know the movie suffered from 
the all the beautiful actors being cast in these roles all the kids were were like precocious QP doll uh, cute even even the girl who had autism um you know was sort of conventionally cute for a younger girl for a 13 year old girl that kind of thing you know th- there there is a disparity in terms of hiring people who look ugly who look fat you don't you don't you, you know they may take great pains to make the the cast of you know equal amounts of people of color and things like that but they will yeah. not oh no you're, you're the, never going to get ugly yes yeah. you're not going to get and you're no. not going to get it's fat. like it's <laughs> like what, what what was the Simpsons thing? Uh, when I said ugly, I wanted Marianne from Gilligan's Island ugly, not Cornelius from the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. But look, in spite of all that, I think the movie has a lot of charm. I think it's got a lot of skill. I think it has, um, as a director, look, I think he can certainly get better, but there's enough in here. Um, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with Manolo Dar just because I think that uh, the work, the, the secret weapon that he has going for him in this is that he cast Dakota Johnson and they got Dakota Johnson because uh, Duplass, I think, hooked him up with Dakota Johnson's production partner. And, and, and the production partner said, I'm going to run this by Dakota and see if she wants to do it. And she bid on it. And so she actually has Dakota Johnson herself has a PGA credit on this movie, uh, you know, in terms of the making. She's not just an actor. She was part of the team. Right. So the, I think her performance is devastating. I think she she modulates so well. And, and really? Well, here's you've never seen her before. But fair enough. That's what you said. You've never seen Dakota Johnson before. You're, you're, you're no, I haven't. OK, you're you're the cutest person I've ever. Why is she in love with this guy? You know what? For me. I found that Dakota Johnson created a world. She made up for the shortcomings that he may have as an actor. Granted, he does a lot of raffy and cute things. He is obviously, there's a lot of self-regard, which I think he will grow out of unless he doesn't, but he couldn't. Maybe, fight. maybe, yeah. maybe he will. You're, stu- yeah. you're stuck when you're 25. Look, years. he's competent. He's certainly competent. Yeah. And she might be the greatest actor in the world, but I just not, the product is so I, it's just, I, saw, I saw something different. I watched her upshift and downshift and modulate her performance from moment to moment in such a precise way. And, you know, Dakota Johnson started out making a lot of really soft films and she was not good at the beginning. And that was, you know, the Nepo thing. Like I brought it up as a goof a couple of minutes ago. But the reality is, is that she looked like one of those people who was being grandfathered in under the clause of my dad was on my device and my mom was in body double. You know, and her grandmother was in the fucking birds, right? It's like that. That's a yeah, you know, that's a yeah. big thing. Just because you're Tony the Perkins, fucking birds. Just because you're Tony Perkins' kid doesn't mean you you know you get grandfathered into the industry just because your last name is Perkins. Anyway, but right. but it's like she got the time to stick around and season. And as she hit her thirties, her late twenties and thirties, she she turned into the actress, the the precision actress, especially with. The Suspiria remake that came out in 2017, she was incredible in that. Really, all right. I'm adding that to my list of movies to see. It's really good. It's long. It's 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 all it's too long by half. However, she, she is dynamic in a movie in a way that you did not see coming because of how soft all her film efforts had been beforehand. So uh, before we pivot, I'll say that you know I got some vibes of Bo Burnham from this in terms of you have it. <laughs> yeah, all right, uh, Bo, all right. Bo Burnham's older and Bo Burnham's first feature film, Eighth Grade is superior to this it, it really says things that this movie doesn't it has more of a it has more of a distance from the material it is more assured and it covers more ground than this movie does and bo burnham was smart enough to just stay on the outside of it and make the movies a director and just concentrate on being a filmmaker and he is a more successful product but there is this person this young man who i would say is the sensitive bulwark of the new n-u-m-a-l-e like the new male of people who are really trying to use their power 
uh, more more sagaciously than perhaps other people did in the past when you were like a, a bit of a you know a fame but, ball. But how is he using his power here to, to give an autistic actor a role? That's a big that, deal. That doesn't mock autistic people as freaking Rain That's Man? a big deal. Boys, what's going on over here? Are we not gonna are we not gonna dance at some point? How about you, sir? Don't you have a girlfriend you should be dancing with? I don't really talk to her. Uh, yeah. Why are people picking up on this movie that? I got to be honest, Bill, even if you like it, it seems very minor to me. But why is this enough of a sensation that that, you know, the two of us deign to talk about it? I mean, our our approval process is, is very intense. So why is this why is Cha-Cha Real Smooth a sensation beyond just yet another movie that is barfed out onto some streaming service? Or as they said on Sopranos, he dwained to. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh, he dwained to visit me. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the Jimmy Fallon part of it. I'm, I'm sitting here prostate with grief. Yeah. That was one of the, 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 the Mondegreens, Look- not Mondegreens, the, um, the, what's the term I'm looking for? The, uh, the, oh, Malaprop-isms. Mondegreen is... Malaprop, thank yeah. you. Mondegreen is when it's a song lyric. Yeah. All right. Malaprops of Tony Soprano. Yeah. Our next podcast. Uh, I think that, yeah, the Jimmy Fallon thing is really important here. Uh, that is, um, in no small way, I think, what kind of powers the rocket fuel for a guy like this. He's He's got... He's charming. He is... He's, he's got a very sort of soft jawline. You know, he smiles a big smile. He's got kind of a purr for a voice. Um, I, look, I'm, I'm no judge of what makes a man attractive because I'm I'm a, I'm a Kinsey uh, what, Kinsey one is that what is, is that what you say in this case if you're heteros- fully uh, heterosexual completely heterosexual yeah yeah, yeah anyway like but it's yeah, like you're, I, you're all man Bill yeah, that's me he's look he's got yeah. brio he's got energy uh, also you know let's go back it's it's a meaty role it's a meaty hero part for an actor with autism and the thing is I think that you have to build this stuff if you're going to start doing movies or not start doing movies you're continually doing movies in middle America the suburbs there's a lot of neurodivergent people out there who have not yeah. I mean among the other things you need to catch up for representation like we're only beginning to let people of color and queer people and and First Nations people and Native American and every like this has only just begun. Deaf people, for Christ's sake! And so it's like you when you start normalizing this stuff, it does make a mm-hmm. big moves the needle. People want to see this kind of thing. It's like, I, I I I agree. Yeah, I know. I know. That, I it's, agree. It's, no, d- yeah. And 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 let's just it's simple enough. Look, this movie is kind. It's gentle. It's filled with with sexiness. It's filled with romance. It's got the susan of disobedience. You know, there's there's the the frisson of this idea that could is, is this an affair? You know, is this is this illicit? It's got that sort of delicious um, tension that they're feeding into. Um, I think it stays away from the worst parts of sentiment, but it definitely has a lot of sentiment. And uh, look, if you ask me, and it's got that nuclear missile of a showstopper performance care of dakota johnson again your mileage may vary i liked it no it didn't but that to me is enough to read down the line of white it's just there are good things about it. i said i was entertained i didn't have trouble finishing it but it's just not enough and i find myself being perplexed why it's a big deal uh so i don't know you know i mean is it a case of so many things we talk about in this show it's popular because it's popular you know because you know, what's his name? Jay Duplass took him under his wing. And because Sundance, it hit, you know? And, you know, and it's it a, could have been any other movie, but it happened to be this. But movie, let's remember, you know? like, the, the word big deal in quotes, copyright, Noah Tarno, you know, 2022. Right. I, it, uh, no one ever said that phrase before. No, it's true. no but I'm saying it's, it's a siloed big deal. You know, this is not the big deal of yesteryear. This is a big deal for 2022. Let's keep that in mind for the. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, look, 
yes. So right place, right time. I, I think anytime a movie gets any attention or has any buzz and it's not a tentpole Marvel, Star Wars remake of a, you know, a, a, a board game from the 70s made into a movie. <laughs> Mis- you know, mystery I date think- the movie? <laughs> mystery date the movie. Uh, Mall Madness the movie. Oh, I want to see that. Uh, I think people get excited. Uh, you know, and then, uh, look, it bothered me, the small stakes of this movie, especially this week. I feel like we don't have times for small stakes anymore. I mean, I say this as someone who runs quiz shows, so call me a hypocrite if you want. But I think I'm an outlier. I think most people are looking to be distracted from this country is shit and it's getting shittier and very small stakes about, you know, a little romance, you know, in a small town that affects no one, but the immediate players is I think something a lot of people are looking for. Um, but look, here's the bottom line. It's popular because it's popular. Every couple of years, everyone suddenly thinks some basically competent story of a sad white guy is like the most profound thing since Chaucer, you know? Um, his number came up, and five years from now, it's going to be another sad white guy. It's, it's an old saw. You're absolutely right. It's who an thinks old saw. he's the first guy to be heartbroken, the first guy to be in love with a woman older than him, a first guy who can't get what he wants. Therefore, this is a crisis. I'm unhappy. Therefore, the song of my heart needs to be heard. Tonight is the night, so... What night? Did you say what night? No, I did not. My mother did. Oh, um, what's your mother's name? Her name is Domino. Domino. I'm Andrew. Hi, Andrew. No, I know the answer to this, but would you have liked this as a kid? <laughs> yeah, I think I would have because oh, okay. just like I said before. Oh, see, you didn't know. Uh, you know, every I, I remember in my screenwriting class in college writing a script very similar to this about the pain and the tristesse of the young white man to the extent I'm white. Um you know, and that the song of my heart is the most profound song in human history, right? So if I had seen this, if I were 25 and I had seen this, I would have gone, yes, he speaks for me, especially since I remember being in my 20s and I could list two or three older women I quite pined for, right, Um, who I did not get. So uh, although none of them said I was the sweetest person ever, you know, so I didn't I didn't have what this guy Andrew had. Uh, I would have thought this was very profound. But as I say, every few, you know, if I were a few years old, uh, older, another movie would have hit me as that. And a few years younger, another movie would have hit me uh, that way. I mean, I'm trying to think the movie that actually did hit me. What was the equivalent of this when we were in our early 20s? Uh, I guess our early 30s were in Garden State, so it didn't really apply to us. Garden State. But yeah. before, like, well, there was Todd Solon's, but his no, movies his movies are dark. You know, I, a real dark edge that these movies. Uh, you know what? Actually, it wasn't anything like this, but uh, Clerks was this for me. And it wasn't a romance at all, really? but it was. That's okay. what the version of this, the, the sort of anomie of the white middle class kid. That's what it would have been for me. Right. I mean, I got some of this from that thing you do, but that was much more fun. And it was a, it, it huge was a cr- joy. It was a crossover movie. hit. That movie was big. Man, that's one of the best movies ever. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just think yeah, whatever, whatever would come along. I I would have thought it was profound, and now I'd go back and go, eh. But you know what? If I had, I, I discovered something about myself. If I love something when I'm young, no matter how bad, quote unquote, I later discover it is, the the, the nostalgia 
keeps it in the positive column for me. Yeah, you know, it's important to be kind to your younger self always about what you yes, like. Yes, it is. You know, yes, to, to maintain is. that. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but I, I counsel other people to make sure they're very kind to their younger self and celebrate the things that they liked because that person's taste mattered. Um, you know, I, it's funny, you know, you you flipped the polarity on me here because, you know, I thought you weren't going to like it. And the thing is, if I was a kid, no, I wouldn't have gone for this at all. Um, not, ah. not chiefly of all, you know, not chiefly just because of the Zach Braffiness uh, of this whole situation. <laughs> Zach Braffiness. Yeah. I like that. And look, Z- look, let's be fair here. The Braffitude. The we, Braffitude. we know, look, Zach Braff is a regular listener of the show. He writes to yes. us all the time. Uh, he might be well, he might be aware the show exists. He could be. He might be yeah, aware the sure. show exists. I'm just saying I'm not trying to shit on the guy. We're talking about one movie and an impression he left a long time ago that was very much in this vein. Uh, Zach Braff has a big career doing a lot of things. It's he's when he's not just the guy from Guard State wearing the same shirt as the wallpaper. He's I'm just saying. But that was the impression for a while. And, you know, again, you take it, you leave it, whatever you want. I would have left it because that kind of thing held no sway for me. The emo listening to the shins or whatever the fuck he was. Even, I, I, what was the... At, I, say what you will. That's a good album. I don't Shoots know. Too Narrow by the Shins is a good record. Uh, right. well, I, I would not have been able to see through the veil of the artist to the art uh, and separate the two of those things. And I think that Cooper Rafe... I think that it's fair to say he is a little insufferable, and the thing is, it doesn't bother. <laughs> you think it doesn't bother me now as much as it would have when I was a kid. That's that's the beauty of having this sort of thousand yard drone photography distance from the subject. I can really get above it and have this real comfortable uh, space between me and it. Hi, women's bathroom. Um, I'm looking for someone. Is anybody in here? Is anybody's name in here start with a D? Andrew. Yeah, Domina. Is Lola okay? Have you seen her? Yes, yeah, she's uh, she's cubing it up. Are you okay? Um, I'm kind of stuck. Is the cha-cha real smooth mania that we're living through more or less? Uh, is in any way that a sign of <laughs> gotta get in line? A sign of doom for humanity? Do you want to before we go any further? Do you want to like explain the title of the movie? Because I realize we've just been saying this thing. Yeah. Okay. So he's cha cha real smooth. By the way, when I thought this was about uh, a um, uh, bar mitzvah host, for some reason I thought that like that was the name. Hey, I'm DJ Cha Cha Real Smooth. Forgetting the reference. So that is a line from a song called The Cha-Cha Slide, which was actually a hit in the year 2000, but you might know it. It has become a staple at weddings, mitzvahs, parties of that sort. And the DJL, it's a song going, left foot now, right foot, crisscross. And one of the lines is, cha-cha real smooth. And if I were to interpret it, yet another thing I find insufferable about this is I believe Rafe chose that as the title as a metaphor for how to live your life as a young man. Like, dance a little, but be smooth enough. Oh, interesting. See, that's like... Oh, you're, you're... fuck this guy. But I've heard that... It's whatever. <laughs> you're... Or it could just be... Ran... Like, what's the movie? Oh, remember Sling Blade? Yes. Yes, of course I do. Sling Blade was a pretty pretentious movie, but I remember thinking the most pretentious thing about it was the title. He just found the most interesting phrase in the movie and used it as the title. Of well, the do you know, it was based on a play, Billy Bob wrote. You know, you know what the name of the play was? No, I do not. The name of the play was, bolt in for this and get a Geritol and a, and a Gatorade. The name of the play okay. was, some folks call it a Kaiser Blade, but I call it a Sling Blade. That was the full name of the play. He, okay. he cut, that is, he that is pretentious. For the, for the that is pretentious. That is pretentious. Yeah. That is pretentious. Anyway, so that's what Cha-Cha Real Smooth means. I thought it was a comedy about a guy called Cha-Cha Real Smooth, which I was 
intrigued by. You, but you I don't know, maybe a, that probably thought, that probably would have sucked too. You thought it was a spinoff of Happy Days called uh, Joni Loves Cha Cha. <laughs> Chachi real Yeah, I'm inclined to say that it is not a sign of the apocalypse. Uh, with maybe the the disclaimer, the sort of codicil at the end of this contract, a coda, uh, that un- unless you're one of the countless aspirants who who can't get into the rooms that that Connor Cooper, cartilage Rafe, uh, traipsed into just so <laughs> seemingly so easily. It, it seems like I when maybe he's not selling the story, or maybe the story is part of. It's like a the myth of, of, you know, Babe Ruth pointing to the back wall with the bat and hitting the home run. Who knows? But the thing is, it's like it's clear that he had a pretty decent um, go at getting a mentor and getting his, his films made. And, you know, the reality is that the business is still severely tilted away from underrepresented voices. Um, does this movie help those other people? Does this make it seem like, oh, they did it so I can do it too? I don't know. It's possible that someone else would say... Um, you know, like my thing is low to the ground. I don't need that much money. I could do it in the same, you know, like this, this could be, this could be done by uh, a Latin family. This could be done with queer people. This could be done. Sure. I mean, you, you would need the access. But to would it get, capital. would it get made? That's would the it question. Get made? And would Ho- some would... Hollywood person, do you know what I read recently? Independence Day, the studios didn't want Will Smith as the lead because they thought it would be hard to sell a black guy in that role to international audiences. The jet pilot, Can you believe yeah. that bullshit? Yeah, yeah, I can to talk about the the over well, yeah the over overweening yeah. Uh, uh, yeah timidity of, of studios and, and Will you. Smith wasn't nearly the star he would be. No, in he fact, he became the star from those movies. Anyway, so well from that and many do you think it's a sign of an apocalypse? I mean, it's the same answer I have for many topics we look at things that I think are wholly mediocre. And I'm like, look, if this comes and goes and fades away, who cares? It's not a sign of the apocalypse. But if this gets held up. As you know, if AFI, it's a list of the hundred greatest movies of all time in a few years, and this is number two, you know, then we got a problem. This gets it's ahead of like, F for Fake and uh, Treasure yes. of Sierra Madre. Right, Cha Cha Real right. Smooth is somehow ahead of us. Citizen Kane one, Cha Cha Real Smooth two, Godfather three, West Side Story uh, twenty eight. Right, it's like you know, Glass Animals, Euphoria, Olivia Rodrigo. It's the same shit we've seen that culture has seen a thousand times before. But it comes along at a time where a new generation sees it and thinks it's new and yeah. thinks it's profound. And never done before. Uh, yeah. Right. And for some re- – well, I'm not sure, but I got ideas. I find this more tiresome than those, even though I was more entertained by this than any of those. And I think it's because – and maybe that will get us to our next topic. I was kind of like that guy. Right, Andrew, and in some ways like Cooper Rafe, I would imagine, even though I wasn't trying to become a filmmaker. Andrew, I need you to help me get to my car because I don't want the parents to think I've kill-billed somebody in the bathroom. Yeah, it does look like that. Do you, um, that's a period? Uh, do you want my, um... No, what about jealousy? Is there any aspect of uh, envy to the Cooper Rafe absolutely. case? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm jealous of Andrew because I wanted to be that guy, the guy who could stand up to obnoxious authority figure i was like him i was skinny and mixed up in my early 20s but i couldn't stand up to obnoxious authority figures i couldn't get the woman i was in love with the older women i was in love with to you know to to seem like she loved me on some level i don't want to give away too much of the plot certainly jealous of cooper rafe because while i wasn't trying to make a movie i was trying to make things happen in entertainment and i went out and i fucking did things and while I think I made 
something happened with my career, A, it took me a while, and B, you know, I was waiting years, to some extent still waiting for the entertainment big shot to take me under their wing. And call me an egomaniac, fine, but I still think if that had happened, I would I would be a lot bigger than I am. And I might be, you know, my childhood teenage dream of, of being a celebrity, which I don't really have as a dream anymore, but I wouldn't mind more heft for my career. And I think if I had had my J. Duplass, I actually think that would have happened. Of course, but, of course, co- yes. Could have happened. But look, it didn't. It, it doesn't happen to most people. You know, no matter how good you are, there's the dice rolling thing. You know, the Beatles were awesome, but they, their success was not guaranteed. That was my problem with that film yesterday. I hate this idea that just because you have the Beatles songs, you're automatically the biggest star in the world. It took a lot more than that. Um, so this guy went out there. He made it happen. It happened. I give him credit for his effort, his hard work to extend his creativity. But, you know, A, I wasn't that lucky, and B, fine, I wasn't that talented. Yeah, I, it's absolutely jealous of this guy. Um, I Look, I tried to make films at some point. I was in the short film business. Not that I ever wanted to do features, but the phenomenon of being able to get into those rooms. My friend Matt Evans used to say, we got to get into those yeah. rooms. We got to get into those rooms. Get into the room. That's it. Get into the fucking... I, know, I, know. I got into a room once... And I was so, like, when I pitched my show to Comedy Central, and I, just bad luck, I just, I, I might as well not have been in the room. It was, it was, it was stillborn. It was terrible. Yeah, so this guy, not only he got his films, now this is his second film, I'm sure he's doing more shit after this, who knows what, you know, his upside's gonna be. And again, if you ask me, I think he did this movie well. I haven't, can't talk about shit house yet, if I watch it, I'll, I'll file a late opinion on that one. But I mean, he's using his charm, that that's sort of Jimmy Fallon, he's, he's, he's got his thumb on the scale, you know, like that is the what do they call that? The, 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 the advantage or the sort of um, the privilege of the beautiful, you know, like we're a guy like John Hamm, of course, is going to uh, be pretty, pretty privileged. Yeah. Pretty privilege. There's just something yeah, about an attractive person has things going for them. I don't think he's that good looking. He's better looking than I am. That's for sure. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's more, okay, he's more charming. Sure. He's better looking than I am. He's, he's better looking than us, but who cares? He's also better looking than, you know, circus freaks. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know some very, uh, very charismatic geeks. You know what I'm saying? Better looking than Schlitzy the Pinhead, and you know all that. Yeah. Anyway, so of course there's there's a lot to dig in here. But Noah, then let's let's spin it over to the fallopian scale, uh, the X Y Z axis, based on uh, we're gonna have to call it the Raphian scale uh, in terms of one one cute uh, sort no, of. I I, I, being... I here's the thing, actually, Cooper Rafe. I, I didn't say this. All right, I'm curious to see what he does next. I can believe his. I will love his next movie. I can believe that. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't believe I'm ever going to love anything Jimmy Fallon does. That's true. I, I would take this guy over Jimmy Fallon. I, 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 sure. I, I trust that. Anyway, okay. so where does this fall in the XYZ axis? All right. So, yeah. I mean, look, I, I not the XYZ axis, but I, I, I will reiterate what I said. At least based on this movie, Cooper Rafe is the Jimmy Fallon of romantic comedy leading men. And that's just his acting thing. Let's put aside his thing as a director or a writer or whatever. But, I, you know, I mentioned Glass Animals, Euphoria, Olivia Rodrigo. So find the average of those, right? Just things that people think are profound just because they're discovered by a new generation. The average of those. Then you need to multiply it by Markiplier because um, you need to Markiply it by Multiplier uh, because there's a little, you know, a little touch, a little dash of broiness in there. I mean, he's not really broy, but just young manness, yeah, right? Yeah, um, um, masculine, masculine, machismo, a little bit of machismo, in, in uh, a sensible just way. Just the, the male, the male sensibility. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not as broy as Markiplier because it's not a game thing, but 
the very male, like the sensibility I had, which was not bro-y, but it was very male. I can relate to that. You multiply it by Markiplier, and then you divide it by to all the boys I've loved before because you need the rom-com kind of thing in there. Ah, okay. And whatever, wherever number you end up at or wherever ax, uh, axis point. Yes, Coord- Cartesian coordinates, place. yes. A mathematician must hate this segment. Uh, so any mathematician. Yeah, write in, write in, please, everybody. We, we all of you, all friends. of you write in. Not yeah, yeah. All, 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 all of them. All half of you. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's where 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 I stand on the fallopian question, the Jimmy Fallonian question. For those confused, I went a, I went a simple direction. You know, I was thinking of um, a, a younger person making their own art in a dialect that I, I can sort of understand, but I don't speak natively. And and someone who kind of has what looks like to be a sort of streak of goodness to him a little bit. And um, I, I I don't know if I'm doing him a disservice, but I kind of thought of Mr. Beast a little bit. So all this guy needs to do is fill a... Yeah, I see that. He needs I to fill that. a swimming yeah. pool with Orbeez, and uh, maybe they'll they'll be neck and neck <laughs> with each other for... Right, and then uh, for every Orby in the swimming pool, give a dollar to, like, a kid's cancer charity. Yeah, right. Well, everybody, yeah. I think that uh, brings us to the end of this year's show. Uh, we are, in fact, available for past episodes to be found on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at No and Bill Show. The mathemat- mathematicians in the world get to us with if you're going to refute and or correct what Noah's, uh, you know, his. Yes. Yeah, we, we need all the help we can get from the Fields Medal winners. Everyone's sound in. This is a big yeah. deal. We, uh, with dozens of MIT mathematicians study our show. Working around the clock. We want we want to dry erase boards. We want to sliding yeah. chalkboards. We want the whole thing. Exactly. We need everybody yeah. working on this. Yeah. Uh, Slide rules, protractors. Pocket calculators know. that say boobs when you yeah. turn them upside down. Write <laughs> <laughs> to us uh, conventionally at uh, Noah and Bill. Don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators because that's how people find podcasts. I'm available on Twitter. Uh, for weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, things like that. <laughs> that's our that's our bar mitzvah entertainment. We're just gonna read Bill's tweets out loud. We'll put them on a big screen yeah, and we'll scroll during the mitzvah. At Williams. Congratulations Scurry. to Benjamin. <laughs> that's where you'll find it. And uh, my video content is on AM Caesar. Uh, my small ball shit because I never got into the room with uh, Jay and Mark Duplass like this guy did. So anyway, Noah, where, where can people find you? Bigquizthing.com. We have a new website. We just debuted on our website. You can take a little sample quiz. Uh, you can watch videos, learn about what we do, hear people raving about how awesome we are, etc. cetera. Uh, bigquizthing.com. Uh, I am on Twitter, at Noah Tarno. Be warned. Lots of politics. Uh, and actually, uh, I have two more uh, recently, I recorded uh, podcast episodes for uh, two completely different podcasts. One is uh, the Fire and Water Podcast Network, of which I am a fan and a, you know, kind of occasional appearer on, guest on. Uh, I recorded an episode for the um, the Justice Society Presents. We are talking about the 1993 comic book miniseries, The Golden Age, which is a really a favorite of mine. One of my favorite comic book uh, miniseries ever. He's, he's right, people. About, it's really fucking good. About uh, sort of about the Justice Society and the DC Golden Age. It's like Watchmen with the DC Golden Age characters. Like basically saying if they were real, they'd be completely fucked up. Great story. And I had a real fun time talking about it with um, the founders of the network. And, uh, yeah, uh, so it was a real honor and fun for me. That should be out by the time you hear this. And then I recorded a podcast with uh, a company called Kennedy Events, an event planner that the Big Quiz thing works with. And they just they have a podcast series, and they talk to business owners about running a business and doing events, and they talk to me. So I talk about the Big Quiz thing and my, my road to my road to where I am now. 
Uh, so BigQuizThing.com. We are occasionally on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at BigQuizThing. So until the next episode of the show with its uh, soft features, dashing good looks, cute smile, and non-threatening garrulous ways, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.